now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable. I'm so tired this week. I'm going to still give y'all like a good episode. I'm just telling you in advance that I'm tired. I've walked nine miles today. Nine miles. I told you I was headed to Zambia this week. I made it to Zambia. I'm here primarily to see Victoria Falls. This has been on my bucket list for about 10 years. This is something that I wanted to do. I researched. I looked at pictures. I looked at videos. I knew exactly what I was getting myself into, right? The falls are even more beautiful more magnificent, more awe-inspiring, more glorious in person than anything I've ever seen in any video, no matter the quality, no HD, 5K, whatever high quality we're streaming in now. Just jaw-droppingly beautiful. So the falls are in Zambia and Zimbabwe, and I'm staying on the Zambia side because I, when I was researching hotels, I liked the hotels in Zambia better, so I stayed on this side. And I don't regret that. I do think Zimbabwe might have better restaurants, though. That's not the point. The point is the falls go on both sides, and everyone says that the falls are better from the Zimbabwe side, but I still chose Zambia because I wanted to stay in a good hotel, and I was like, I could just walk over to the Zimbabwe side, which I did earlier today, hence why I've walked nine miles. I land yesterday at like 1.30. I get to the hotel at like 2.33. I immediately change clothes and walk to the falls. The entrance to the falls on this side is probably a seven-minute walk from my hotel. So I see the first like burst of falls, right? Immediately, gospel music starts playing in my head. Literally, it was how excellent. And I put a reel of the, my falls experience on my social media pages so you can have a visual for it. But I found, um, remember the choir that Kanye used to use? I got issues with Kanye. I got nothing against the choir. But I used their version of how excellent. But the version that started playing in my head is the one from my grandparents' church. It's a song I haven't heard in, I don't know, 30 years. Looking at this um, this vast waterfall, looking at the, the, the bigness of it and also the power of the water, I just, I just, I thought about God. It's amazing. It's like some out of this world type shit. And yet, you know, in this world, it's one of the seven natural wonders of the world, which totally makes sense, but beautiful. And I wasn't even on like the, the quote unquote good side of the waterfalls. I will say this, if you're interested in going to Victoria Falls, I prefer the Zambia side. Zimbabwe has more of the waterfalls. Theirs are bigger, they're more expansive. And I think the water there seems more powerful. That's, that's not science, that's just an, an observation. But because the falls are so powerful on that side, there is this massive amount of mist. So when you go to the falls, for most of it, you're seeing mist. You're not actually seeing the water come over the edge. You're just seeing this like vast mist. 
And the mist is super heavy where it feels like if you get close enough to it, it feels like you're in a torrential downpour because that's how powerful the falls are. It's one thing when you're getting soaked, when you're looking at this sheet of water and it's just this really beautiful thing to behold, but it's like, I'm about to get soaked and I can't see shit. I'm good. You can see parts of the waterfalls that are very vast on the Zimbabwe side, but the big sprawl of waterfall where it just goes on forever and ever and ever. And you're just like, oh my God, it could be so beautiful if I could see it because I'm looking at mist. I thought the Zambia side was more scenic. That's just a personal preference. I would say this, if you plan to come, because tons of people have hit me up. I put that post up maybe like four hours ago. Tons of people have hit me up and was like, yo, I've never even knew this existed. Oh my God, I've never seen anything like this. I want to go to Zambia. I want to go to Zimbabwe. If you go, you need to go to both sides, just for the experience. But no, but today was absolutely awesome. I got up early. There was zebra hanging out like right in front of my window. They just roam the property and like eat the grass all day. They're very peaceful. You can walk right by them. They don't even look up. They don't pay you any attention. There are signs everywhere saying like, do not feed, do not touch, do not disturb the zebra, do not approach the animals. Just, you know, see them, observe them, acknowledge them and just go on about your business. And they mind their business and you mind yours. And, you know, that's that. But they were like eating like right outside my window. I had the curtains open. And, like, I saw something move out the corner of my eye. I thought it might have been like a golf cart that somebody's driving around the property. And then I looked and I was like, oh, shit. And I ran to get my camera because like, you know, the zebra were eating and like walking across the lawn. I was like, what the fuck? Still no giraffes. They haven't shown up yet. And I walked to the Zimbabwe side to see the falls. And on the way there, this random man was like, you're going to the falls? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, he was like, you should take a helicopter. And I was like, I might. And he was like, I'll give you a good rate. And I was like, oh, you have, I was like, you work for a company? Because he was dressed like regular. And he was like, yeah, I work for a company. And he was like, come on. He was like, I'm gonna make sure you get through immigration and I'm gonna take you to my boss on the other side. Okay, whatever. Like, because I had to walk that way anyway. And he was cool. Like some people come up to you and they're like sketchy, but he was really cool. He showed me how to get through immigration. And then when I got to immigration, he took me up to this guy who had the official, like I work for the helicopter shirt, whatever company and the official car with the logo on the side and all of that. And he was like, boss, I gave her a good rate. Like she's going to fly for X, Y, Z. He looked at him like, really, nigga? <laughs> but they honored the rate. So they were like, OK, let's go do the helicopter now. And I was like, no, I want to see the falls. And they were like, no, 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 helicopter now. And I was like, no, 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 falls now. My plan today was to go to the falls. I could do the helicopter another day. And they were like, no, 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 that's fine. Go to the falls. We'll be waiting for you here when you get back. It should take two hours. And I was like, it's going to take two hours to see the falls. It did. But when I came out, like the guy was waiting for me and was like, the next helicopter ride is not till two. So you need to eat. He was like, you probably haven't eaten since 830, nine o'clock. It's time for you to eat. And I was like, what? So he took me to this place called Lookout Cafe, which was gorgeous. And the food was really good. And then I got on the helicopter. Last time I got on the helicopter, I was in Vegas and I got this bright idea to fly through the Grand Canyon, which was actually very nice. But remember I went to Kenya and I was on that little tiny plane and I cried and threw up on the plane because the turbulence was so bad. And I was like, I'll never get on a tiny ass plane again, which I, I probably will, but still. Tiny plane, terrifying. Three-seater helicopter, somehow not really an issue. Until we took off. And you know, helicopters are like one big window in the front. The pilot was like, oh, there's some elephants. And I was like, ooh, elephants, I don't see them. And then he tilted the helicopter 
like towards the elephants, but like we went sideways and I was like, oh, fuck no. I still ain't see them elephants. He was like, do you see the elephants? And I was like, just, 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 just fly, just fly. He was like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Just fly. But it was a good experience. But yeah, we did the helicopter ride over the falls, which was magnificent to behold. But it was only 15 minutes. And that's really all you need. I think we flew around the thing four times, five times. And I was like, okay, like I've, I've seen the falls from this angle. Unless we actually going to fly through the falls, I'm good. Like we can go back now. Um, but yeah, that was my day. I walked back to Zimbabwe from Zambia. There was a triple rainbow over the bridge that you have to cross to, to get back to the other side. And apparently that's very rare because even people who were from here who were crossing the bridge as well were stopping and taking pictures because it was just like a really beautiful day at the falls. And I was like, yo, this place is insane. It doesn't look real. Speaking of magnificence, actually, do I want to talk about that? I'll save the dating story for, <laughs> it is not even like a, a story. Just FYI. If, if you know what I'm talking about, the dating story that I shared on social media, that will be the last time I ever talk about a date. And it wasn't even a date. It was literally like I met a guy on an elevator. Like I literally just said I met someone and people went nuts. I did have a conversation with God and say, hey, I think I might want to date again. And here are the criteria if I am to do so. And like literally that was what, Saturday? And then on Sunday... I got on the elevator and met a guy who seemingly meets most of the criteria. The two tricky things were, I prefer him to be American or at least have lived in America. A British accent, that was preferred but not mandatory. But he has to live in my current city, which is Johannesburg. I said he has to be over 37, over six feet. Some people might say that's shallow. But I'd be damned if I go to God with a wish list and be asking for stuff that I'm like, oh, it's just okay. Like, I don't really need. No, 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 no. I'm going to ask for what I want. If I have to make some adjustments or some compromises from there, so be it. But, but I'm not going to start out asking for what I don't want. So admittedly, it was kind of like looking for a unicorn. The thing was, I met someone already who fit the qualifications. Because I thought what I was wanting, yeah, maybe this is a little bit unrealistic. But it's what I want. Right. So then I met this guy. He's a friend of a friend. And I was like, oh, shit, like you exist. That wasn't a match. And that's fine. But meeting him let me know that I wasn't crazy. What I want is actually out there. I just have to, like, you know, find this person somehow. So I had this conversation out loud conversation. So, hey, God, this is what I've been thinking. Right. So I ran off the calls, blah, blah, blah. Literally, the next day, I get on the elevator and I like have this encounter where I meet this guy. We exchange numbers. We chat a little bit after. He asked me on a date. I shared the story because I thought it was funny. Call it God's timing. Call it coincidence. But I was like, hey, like Jesus is on the main line. Y'all might want to call right now because he's answering. Folks, folks went crazy. Folks went crazy. I don't know this man. I don't know his age. I don't know if he has children. And I don't know anything about him other than he's British, black, lives in Johannesburg, and lived in the States at one point. Even beyond fact, I don't know anything more about this man's disposition. I don't know if he's kind, because that was on my list. But people were like, oh my God, I'm thinking wedding bells. Oh my God, I can't wait to see your dress. This woman was like, when you spoke to him, how did your heart feel? It felt nothing. I don't know this man. We rode from the lobby up to my floor. The, the doors open for his floor, but we were in conversation. And he was like, I'll just, he was like, I'll go up with you. 
And we stood in the lobby of my floor and, and continued our conversation just long enough to exchange numbers. That's it. People are like, oh my God, like manifested. God sent you a man. Oh my God, I've got to get Jesus on the main line. Y'all, I met a man. That's it. I don't want to downplay him in any way. He was very nice. I don't want to shit on him in any way. It wasn't even the most interesting thing I did that day. I meet people all the time. It just doesn't always happen to be like the day after I said something to God about it. And it's not often somebody who usually meets some of my um, loftier qualls. It's, it, it's just a man. He was, he was very lovely. And again, I don't want to downplay him in any way. He was very nice, but it's just a man. There's like billions of them on the planet. I don't know if this one is, is a match. I don't know if this one is a decent person. I, I know nothing about him except the things I listed. And he has a good man shelf and a thick beard. That's it. That's not enough. Sorry. And then I wondered, I was like reading some of the reactions. I swore I wasn't going to talk about this, but here we are. But then I was reading some of the reactions that people were having. And I was like, is there something wrong with me that I don't get excited about like meeting people? Like, do I need to like speak to a therapist about this? I know I have some residual trauma from the divorce and such. Um, and some people I dated after the divorce. There's been some interesting characters that I've encountered. So I know that like I'm a little more cautious. Definitely than the last time I was like, really dating dating, which was, I think I met my ex-husband right before I turned 31. And we got divorced legally two days before I turned 40. I didn't know it was legally over until a couple months later because my lawyer didn't send the paperwork. That's a whole nother story. Then I was like reeling from a divorce for a while. And then I was like, you know, dealing with people, but not anything serious. I haven't really like dated like an act of intent, like, oh, I should go meet people. I don't know. And like, I don't know, 12 years. Like, I've gone on dates, obviously, since I got divorced, but three of those people were a circle the block situation. Two of them I went to college with, and the other one I met in grad school. But I made this decision. I was like, yeah, I can't circle the block no more. I've either dated or seriously considered and ruled out for good reason everybody that I currently know. And I was like, I need a fresh batch of people. That, and I don't really live in America. I mean, I have a legal address there, but I was like, I'm never there. I'm always somewhere else on a long-ass tourist visa. So yeah, I was like, you know, very intentionally, I was like, yeah, I feel like I need to like actually like date. I went on dates in Ghana, but like mm, one-offs. Not necessarily anybody that I was like, oh, I could really like, spend some time and really like get to know you, know you. It was just like, mm, it's cool, something to do. People were like, oh my God, wedding dress. How did your heart feel? What did the lady ask me? And she was so sweet about it too. It was very like romance novel-ish. Cause I used to edit romance novels and I was like, nobody does that. She was like, could you picture yourself dancing alone with him with only the sound of the wind and i was like what just i don't operate that way no really i was like do i need to like see a therapist everybody was so excited and i was like y'all are more excited about this than i am is something wrong with me i don't i don't know maybe i asked a couple people about it and they were like Yo, you're 43 and divorced no you're not going to get excited about shit the same way I thought it was a real cute meet cute. I thought it was like an interesting way to meet somebody like on a random elevator. And like the day after you have a conversation with God, it's the opening to an amazing romantic comedy. But this is actually my life. It's not a romantic comedy. It's an interesting life. God willing, it's not a tragedy. I think this episode is all good black news. Because remember when I was saying, speaking of magnificence, I wanted to speak about Michael B. Jordan and his Calvins. He is the new face of Calvin Klein. Apparently... This Calvin Klein campaign, even though there are these pictures that are everywhere already, 
I've seen at least four of them, but apparently the campaign doesn't launch until mid-March, which I was like, is there more to the campaign? Like, are, are, is he going to be on billboards in his draws? And if he is, will those billboards be international? It's not fair to me, to me specifically, to not be able to drive down the street and see a gigantic billboard of Michael B. Jordan in his draws. I feel like it's discriminatory and hateful if there are not ads with Michael B. Jordan in his draws in Johannesburg. But people in Africa wear Calvin Klein. Like, there's no reason he shouldn't be on his draws and billboards over here. The picture's fabulous. Fabulous. Michael B. Jordan, fabulous. Fabulous. That body, I should be used to it by now. Like, we're on, we're on Creed 3. Creed 1 and Creed 2 did slow-mos of his body. Um, which I think I probably have video of in my phone. I'm not like stalking him. I had to send the video to my bestie once. Like she hadn't seen it. And she was like, I don't really get the Michael B. Jordan appeal. And I was like, I'm sorry, excuse me? Excuse me? And then I sent her that. And so she was like, oh, yeah, okay, I get it. And I was like, see, see? His body is amazing. It keeps changing. Like this body is not the Creed 1 body, but I'm not mad at this body versus the Creed 1 body. I, I like it all. I like the shelf. I like the abs. I like the arms. I like the, I like the everything that I see. You know, we're talking about Michael B. Jordan, but I want to say kudos to his PR team, the marketing team for Creed, the stylists that are working with him, whoever is shooting and editing his Instagram videos, Jason, who's styling him, Jason Bolden. That's his name. In my head, Jason is just Jason. Jason has become a one name person between what he does for Michael B. Jordan. Uh, what's her name? That's so bad. She's so talented. Cynthia Revo. And what's the little boo? Niece. Dara Shahidi. Three entirely different styles of dressing. Nails them. But this whole team has been working in conjunction with each other to, to do this massive promo for Creed 3. They've also pulled in, obviously, Jonathan Majors because he's co-starring in the film with Michael B. Jordan. He's the antagonist of this film. The way they have rolled out Creed 3 in which Michael B. Jordan obviously is starring, but also his directorial debut. There was a screening in New York, I think last night. It's getting good reviews so far. That said, the way this movie has been rolled out, Michael B. Jordan on the cover of Rolling Stone, and now this Calvin Klein drop, and then what he's doing on Instagram, and then the premiere in Paris. Jonathan Majors, that huge, huge cover for Ebony that we've talked about on several episodes. That thing was everywhere. Just the timing of it all and the way they've coordinated everything to hit right before Creed 3 drops, brilliant. I want all those people on my team. I can afford none of them. That's not the point. If I could afford that team and no diss to my team, which is really just one other person, that's not the point. The point is, if we, because he ain't going nowhere, if we could get all those people or people like those people. Oh, plus like the bromance pictures. You see these pictures that are circulating of Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors. The ones that I've seen, it looks like, you know how like you go to say like a wedding and there's a photo booth? It looks like pictures like that. They're just having like a straight bromance. Like they're, they're really good friends. They're, they're really into each other. And when I saw the photos, honestly, I teared up a little bit. I mean, I know I cry all the time, but I was teary for this one because Michael B. Jordan used to have that kind of energy with Chadwick Boseman. You know I'm obsessed with Chadwick Boseman in life and in death. But Michael B. Jordan and Chadwick Boseman used to have like that bromance energy, like a very like um, intimate, intimate, 
And I don't mean that in like a romantic or sexual way. I mean that literally just like intimate. But you could tell they were like really good friends. Um, and they probably shared deep emotional shit with each other that led to like that intimacy. She would sometimes like see them touching or see them hugging in a way that's not perceived as socially acceptable in some circles. It's, um, and when I say some circles, I mean strictly like American circles. Men overseas, depending on where you go, like be holding hands, hugging, walking down the street, arm in arm. And I'm talking about countries where even heterosexual displays of affection are frowned upon. But men be walking down the street, holding hands, arm in arm, and nobody bats an eye. And it's not considered sexual. It's just men have close friendships and are allowed to show intimacy with one another. And it's it's fine. But Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors, these pictures, this sounds so corny. We'll speak about that in a minute, too. Because that's what I mean. There's so much to talk about with Michael B. Jordan, and he's got this film coming out in three days. It's brilliant. It's brilliant marketing. But I was happy he had, like, a new Hollywood friend. Obviously, Chadwick Boseman is irreplaceable, but I like that he found not a replacement Chadwick. Again, you can't replace a Chadwick. But he found a new friend that seems to... What's the word I want to use? Serve. It's fine to be in service, but seems to serve a similar place in his life that Chadwick did. It just, it made me feel warm and fuzzy inside. It's also, you know, great marketing for Creed. Like, oh, they're really good friends. But in this film, they play people who, you know, have a personal history who end up trying to like, you know, beat the shit out of each other. Last but not least, Michael B. Jordan. I swear we're going to stop talking about him, but I can't. There's so much to talk about. Three days before a film comes out. It's brilliant. He was on the red carpet and this girl that he went to high school with, I think her name is L'Oreal, but he's on the red carpet and the woman's asking him questions and he brings up that like basically she called him corny and she tries to play it off. Not so good. He has clear shade energy for her. Some people say he handled it professionally. Some people say he gave her too much energy because his response to her is why the clip has gone viral and now everyone knows who she is. I wasn't familiar with her literally until this interview. And so if his intent was to be shady to her, like it's making her popular. And so you really should have just kept it casual or not even answered the question, which is in fairness, I didn't know who the woman was. And now I know who she is because of this clip. So point taken. But other people were like, yo, like clearly he still has feelings. Clearly he still feels a way about it. He never got over what happened in high school. So people say that and I'm just like, yeah, people, people have long memories. Unless you have Alzheimer's, like you probably do have a long memory. You do remember what happened in high school. The part of your brain that holds your memories like was formed at that age. Yes, you remember things. Yes, people do get hurt. And yes, people do remember the people that hurt them. Yes, sometimes they feel a way about it. Even years later, explain to me what the issue is. Again, is this something I need to go to therapy for? I completely understand how you can be salty about some shit that happened like, what, in his case, what, like 15, 18 years ago? I get it. Is that supposed to be a problem? I don't know. I'm, I'm a human. I actually have feelings. People on the internet, I mean, unless it's about my dating life, apparently, are, are have no feelings. Everyone's just like Teflon. Everyone just like heart pumps, ice cold. Ice cold! I'm Generation X. I, I still have feelings. I don't pretend that I don't have feelings. I, I understand how I understand that people feel things. Even the people who lie about not feeling things, y'all feel things. You're human. We're supposed to feel things. It's, it's okay. It's also completely okay that some shit happened in high school and he remembered it 
and feels a way about it and, and gets to have his and gets to have his Mike Jones moment and get and gets to have his Mike Jones moment. I think that's part of the reason the clip is so popular and has gone viral because I think everyone thinks about that shit. Everyone thinks about getting not necessarily revenge, but getting a comeuppance on somebody who like once treated you terribly. You're not trying to like, you know, plot to kill them. You're not like thinking about them on a day to day basis. But when you run into somebody who, you know, treated you bad and you doing well for yourself and they just doing. Yeah. Yeah. Again, is it just me? Don't say it's just me. It's not just me. Speaking of magnificence, can we talk about Method Man? Was that the BET Awards? Not the BET Awards, the NAACP Awards that aired on BET. And then the SAG Awards. I didn't see either one. I have no clue who won other than Angela Bassett because she looked amazing. I hope Cheryl Lee Ralph won something because her dress was amazing. She essentially wore like a Ghanaian wedding gown to the NAACP Awards. As soon as I saw the dress, I was like, oh, that's a Ghanaian designer. And then she was like, oh my God, it's this designer who's really big in Ghana. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Because it looks like a Ghanaian wedding gown and looked amazing and looked fabulous. I love her and her kids. Because they be excited about their mom and I be excited about them being excited about their mom. It's a whole love fest. That's not the point. The point is, Method Man, was it peach or pink that he wore on the red carpet? That man is an extra helping of fine. And as time passes, he's just getting finer and finer and finer. I'm like, how? 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 I'm not saying you're supposed to fall off at 50. God willing. Like, I ain't that far away. Like, let's hope not. I'm not even that fine now. I know where I fall on the spectrum. It's fine. Yo, he, how, how can one man be that fine? That shit makes no sense. It's like an extra portion of fine. It's like there's someone in the world who has like really fucked up features. And it's totally because of Method Man. Like he took an extra dipping of fine. There was nothing left for this other person. Like I get nothing. I get nothing. It's his fault. He's so fucking fine. There was a little bit that's been circulating. People keep sending it to me. Method Man and Damson Idris had this little bit at the uh, when they were presenting. I think they were presenting to Angela Bassett. So look, I know and you know that the actors, they just act. Writers write their lines, right? So for NAACP awards, right, all that stuff is scripted. Like the actor comes and they read from the teleprompter. And usually there's a rehearsal or some such beforehand. But okay, Damson Idris, he got to be real careful about his image right now. He did this little bit with Method Man and... Clearly, somebody else wrote this, right? But if I were him, I would be like, I'm not reading this. Like, yes, that could make me an asshole. Yes, I'm being difficult, and that's fine. But if you want me to get on this stage, because I'm like MF Damson Idris, and I do have a little bit of say-so in this world, and getting me to present is a look. It's a good look for him. It's a better look for the NAACP Awards than it is for him. I would have told him, I'm not reading that. So he got on stage, and he reads this bit where people are saying that, you know, I'm, I'm what do you say? I'm a snack. Which people do say he's a snack. Um, but he says the Method Man, essentially, there's some, you know, some debate about which one is like the sexiest between us or the most attractive or, or something like that between us. And he was like, well, people say that I'm a snack. And then Method Man was like, well, you know, I've heard people say things. And he was like, I hear them call me Zaddy. True. I was like, Method Man knows we call him Zaddy? Really? I don't know why that tickled me so. It's a cute bit in the moment, right? 
But then it gets taken off stage. It ends up as these clips on TikTok and, and Instagram and Facebook. And then it leads people to debate, like, who's finer between Damson Idris and Method Man. I've seen this conversation at least seven times on different platforms. Damson Idris never wins. He never wins. There might be like two like lone people who are just like Damson Idris, but it's because they're like 25 and Method Man's old enough to be their dad and they just don't see it, which I totally get. I remember being 25 and breaking up with a guy who was 34 because I thought he was just old. He was a very nice man. He was probably one of the best people I've ever dated. He was old. I just, we weren't in the same place. So I totally get how like 25 and under people were like Method Man. I just, I don't get it. I've seen under 30 people be like Idris Elba just, he looks like an old man. Like, I don't get it. And I was like, that's fine. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. It's fine. Maybe the under 25s are rooting for Damson Idris. Somebody should root for him. He's a really cute guy. He's, he's gorgeous, in fact. He is a really, really attractive guy. But as a man, I would never get in public and try to compare myself to Method Man. It's just asking for people to tell you, nah, bruh. He got to be real. He got to be real careful with his image right now because he's dating Lori Harvey and she's a bigger star than him. And just the way people react when women are the bigger star in a relationship, see Rihanna and Rocky. People have very, some people, not all people, um, have very rigid gender roles. And when any, and when, and when people step outside of them, even in the most subtle of ways, like holding your baby while holding hands with the mother of the baby who was walking ahead of you on a beach while taking a picture for Vogue, who was doing a cover story about her return to music after seven years. Oh, and being a billionaire. Shit like that. The people are like, but people get really like weird when people step out of like rigid gender roles. Damson is a big star. Lori has bigger star power, even though she doesn't have his acting resume. She's not number one on the call sheet of, of a show or anything like that, but she's just, you know, a bigger star. But I saw that clip where she's at his premiere for, we talked about this, um, where she's at his premiere for the, the series finale of Snowfall. They take pictures together and then the media ask him to step away at his own premiere so they can take pictures of his girlfriend, his plus one. He got to be careful on how he moves. Where's his team? I know he got a team. Where's his team? Monique is headed back to Netflix. The same people that she sued, the same people that she tried to sue, excuse me, actually not tried to sue, the people that she did indeed sue. She's now going to their network and she's going to do a comedy special. I have no idea what they paid her. The description is, you think you know Monique? From staring down a racist teacher to her grandmother's sex warning, the comedy legend spills all in this stand-up special. I guess they cut the check. I'm reading this on Entertainment Tonight. No one seems to be pointing out like the oddity of her suing these people and then now coming back and having a show. And then the Netflix announcement of the show, it says Grammy-nominated Oscar and Golden, Glo and Golden Globe award-winning actor and comedian Mo Worldwide that's her name on Twitter, is back with a new stand-up special premiering globally on Netflix April 4th. It's executive produced by Monique and her husband. I'm gonna leave that alone too. It was shot on October 29th at Georgia State University. Okay, I guess they made up. Maybe she's in an apology season. Maybe this is a makeup season because remember she made up with Lee Daniels. I think they're working on a project together too. You know what? 
my grandmother, may she rest in peace, she used to say, just keep living, child. Just keep living. You live long enough, you see some things you never thought you'd see. Just keep living. Okay, because this is some shit I never thought I'd see. The way Monique asked us to boycott Netflix. Now she's doing a show with them? Some shit I never thought I'd see. Okay, just keep living. All right. All right, that's the episode. Let me chop this up and get it in. Let me chop this up and get it in. And then I got to go to bed because I got to get up at the crack of dawn tomorrow to... I'm going to chase animals on a boat. Don't ask. They said a boat was part of the safari. It's like an all-day safari. I'll be gone like for 14 hours. I'm going back to Zimbabwe to another national park and I'm going to chase animals on a boat and then like in a jeep. An open-air jeep. This is my life. All right. We'll talk Friday, and then we'll talk about, you know, the not good black news. There, there's there's some shit that I have on my list. I just didn't talk about it today. So we'll be back. Talk soon. Bye.